For your listening pleasure, here's Polizzi and Rose, covering the week of media, marketing, and digital content news. This old marketing. Take it away, boys. Well, hello, my friends. This is Robert Rose. Happy New Year and welcome to episode number 357 of This Old Marketing for Thursday, January 5th, 2023. And with me as always, as he has been for the last 10 years, my pal, my colleague, and a guy who has never lied as much as George Santos about his resume, Mr. Joe Polizzi. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's amazing when you said 10 years. It's hard to believe. I know. Been, it's amazing, isn't it? You know, it's, 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 it? And it really is 10 years. It's, it's, I think 2023 is our 10-year anniversary. We started in, yeah, we started in 2013, so I guess it depends on, That's right. on how you look at it. Well, the, yeah, the, months, the months and whatever. And whatever yeah, right. and things like that. And, yeah. and then you wanted to take some time off a couple of years ago, so we had to do <laughs> well, that whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, we literally <laughs> are Ross and Rachel. <laughs> it wasn't a break. By the way, for the new <laughs> listeners that we have, that was all on me because I wanted to take a sabbatical in 2018, and you were kind enough to take me back in 2019 after I had just a wonderful year of doing a bunch of nothing. I still love, you know what, I still love that goodbye show. And it wasn't a goodbye show, it was sort of a, well, it was, it was a goodbye show because we didn't want to, we didn't want to say goodbye and then fool everybody and come back. So we said, look, we're ending the show, and then, and then if we come back, we'll come back, right? So... We didn't want to make anybody angry, but so we did. But do you remember that? And we did the goodbye show, and we did. We had the Muppets song. That's right. It was. It was, yeah. oh, it, was it was so. It was like so sad, and it was. It was. Then great, I remember. I remember the one coming show. back was called the Genesis Planet episode. That that's I, right. That's exactly <laughs> right. I remember. Yep. That's no, but right. I still remember exactly clear as day right. when when because I, I was driving in a car, <clears throat> I think somewhere in Florida or something. God help me, and uh, talking to you on the phone, and we finished the conversation, and we said. We should we should have recorded that, and right? What was it? Yep. Not even a, it was a week later, two weeks later. This old marketing was born off of was born, yeah. and I love the whole uh, part in the interruption uh, style from ESPN, which but they're still will yep. on and the hem is still going today. And they're like, oh, let's do a news show based on that, and you and I can just rant and rave on things. And here we are, three hundred and fifty-seven episodes later. Jeez, I know that's a lot. Of, that's, <clears throat> yeah, that's a lot of hours. That's at least three hundred and fifty-seven hours of time we've spent, not including. Well, the yeah, we go over. Well, we, we, t- we tend to go over every time too, so it's more than oh, just seven yeah. hours. Just so everyone knows, like you and I will say, like when when we're tight on time, like you have a meeting coming up, and we'll say, okay, no problem. Sure. Let's make this one 45 minutes. We'll say absolutely. Yeah. That's always our longest episode. Those <laughs> Exactly. It's when that's when they go an hour 15 is when we're is is, is literally when we say, "Ah, oh, no, we're going to we're going to just make this one short." And we or we only have, you know, three news stories to talk about. As that's when inevitably they go long. So crazy. But anyways, did you enjoy your your New Year's? Did you stay up and watch Ohio State miss the field goal at well, that was exactly midnight a, Eastern time, so not for you, but that was crazy. What a crazy game! Oh, yeah, goodness. what a crazy, what a crazy game! And then the TCU game as well. I mean, oh my gosh, it was, it was, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, look, football. Uh, it's it's a little weird right now because as we record this, uh, you know, the Buffalo Bills player is still 
in critical condition and and man I, did did you see that when it happened and 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 that you whole know what's thing? so funny about that it's not funny but it, our <clears throat> family you know our two kids my wife and i we never watch television together ever and for whatever reason we pam and i we were watching the bills bengals game and both the kids came down at the same time five minutes before that incident happened and we all saw it live I just thought that was weird. That's yeah. never ha- we've never watched a football game together ever. In that five yeah. minutes, we saw it live and we were in shock. Like, oh my yeah. god! And you it was, see it, it right away. It's like, oh my god! He just he just fell down. He got up and fell yeah. down. It was. It's funny because it's almost the exact same in my house because we we had just come back from uh, our holiday, and so you know we came back, we got showered, we started making dinner. We sat down while dinner was cooking, and and you know when we do that, when we sit down while dinner is cooking, typically we have this sort of running joke in my family with uh, with my wife, who's you know who's who's controlling the TV for the twenty minutes or twenty five minutes that we're gonna you know watch TV while dinner's cooking. And she said, "Is there a game on that you'd like to watch?" And I'm like, "Oh, that's funny you mentioned that because actually there is the the Bing, the Bells Bills and Bengals are playing, and I'd love to watch a little bit of that." She said, "Great, turn it on," and we turned it on, and boom! It was like not two minutes later that 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 it happened. It's like it's it's so crazy, so sad, and you know, it's just it's it's just absolutely. I mean, they made the right decision about ending the the game for now. And and what did you? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. It's, I mean, we were watching it, and we're like, they have to just cancel the game. When they came back and they said the announcers were supposed it Aikman and Joe Buck. They were saying, oh, they gave them five minutes to start playing again. I'm like, no way. There's no way. This yeah. hasn't happened for 60 years. Somebody, you know, basically almost well, dying I think, on the field. <clears throat> they're, they're not going to. I think what happens. can't yeah. get back I, on the field and do this and get back. I don't blame them for that necessarily because it's un, like you're saying, unprecedented. it's unprecedented. Yeah. And so I'm sure they have a, you know, when someone is a is injured like that and taken off the field, there's a protocol and a timing and a schedule and a, you know, that they, I mean, they have all that stuff scripted out, right? The way that it works. I'm sure everybody at that point is just trying to do their job and the way that it's scripted to go. And at that point, you know, kudos, I think the, the, the biggest kudos go to the coaches who, who then, sort of said, well, no, hold, wait a yeah. minute, let's do, and then they, you, you watched them sort of go out into the field and meet each other in the, the middle of the field and start talking about things. And as I understand it, and again, this is all hypothesis or conjecture on my part, but as I understand it, the, the coaches talked and went, no, no, we're, we're, not, we're not playing right now, and we're going to go into the locker room and make a decision about this out of the glare of the cameras and the you know, the people in the stands and everything. And that's when they went back and sort of took a, you know, took a moment. Right. So I think it was handled as well as it possibly could have been handled. Yeah. I, you're probably, you're probably right. Although it would have been nicer for them to get back in the locker room sooner and just say, instead of, you're right. Yeah. I think well, it was all McDermott, being the Buffalo equal, coach yes, that right? basically <clears throat> said first, it's like, you know, we need some time. We're going to, because he was yeah. talking with the refs. And so I, I guess it worked out fairly well and, and well, every- it's one of those things where it's like yes in hindsight you, you can say it should have happened faster but in the moment how do you make you know how do you how do you deal with all of that emotion 
plus the trauma of the incident, plus what's going on, plus the fact that it's you're on primetime television. You know, there's so much. There's so much happening. The fact that it happened as elegantly, let's put it that way, elegantly as it did, is I think I think it speaks a lot to the coaches of the teams. It speaks to the personnel and the players on the field. It speaks to uh, the level of professionalism that the you know that that was present then because it could have easily gone sideways. That could have easily gone very sideways, and. You know, the I think I think it happened as 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 best as it sure. could. It happened, and you know the most important thing is the health of that young man. So, you know that's 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 where everybody's, I, and I, you know who knows what they're going to do, right? Whether they're going to cancel the game just full stop and just say, listen, the game, you know, call it a. I think there's, as I understand it, there's one of three things that can happen. They can basically call the game. In other words, they'll say the statistics count as much as they were played, but the game is now called, <clears throat> and neither team wins. Or they can say the game never happened. Yep. Uh, and so the, any statistics or anything that would have been uh, uh, you know, accumulated just didn't happen. Or they can replay the game. And I'm I'm betting number three is not going to happen. I'm I'm betting they're gonna they're gonna I'm betting that they're they're looking to see what happens this weekend to see if there's what the impact it might of that not game change would have anything. been. Yeah, if it, it doesn't, it might not, not change anything. It. You're right. 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 I think that's the way to go, and you just consider it a draw, or yep. or what our game not played, and that's fine because they're both in the playoffs. But I, I really do. If it that's right. if it doesn't, like for example, if the Bills need to win to get home field, which is very important, which I believe is more important in in football than most other sports to get home field advantage. Sure, yeah. I, I think that they probably would end up playing it. Um, I hope that they don't. I hope they just go, because they're both in. You know, just forget it. It's Yep, it's I think fine. that's, that to me is the right, the right, uh, the right answer. I thought it was interesting. Did you see the, <clears throat> so DeMar Hamlin is, is the player. Right now, you and I, all we know is that seems to be improving uh, in yeah. the hospital. So that's wonderful news. But did you see that, um, he had a toy drive that he started a couple of years ago. Seven million dollars. Seven yeah, million dollars now. Yeah. It, look, it, I went to it uh, when it was at about five million dollars, and I was looking at the people who were contributing. It's like, oh, uh, five thousand, whatever, ten thousand dollars, five thousand dollars, Tom Brady, ten thousand dollars, Matt Stafford. I was like, it's really <laughs> interesting to see all the players. And the coaches that were contributing to the the toy drive, yeah. which I think had a goal two years ago of twenty five hundred bucks, and but yeah, there was nothing else. Amazing. There was nothing else that people could contribute to. So I think a lot of people said, "Okay, this is our outlet that we can show support for Demar." And so it's, it's kind of cool to see that because I didn't even know what was going it's, on. And my son told me, he "said Have you seen this toy drive thing?" That he, I said, "No," and showed me. I'm like, "Oh my god, that's amazing!" Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see how it goes. Anyway, it's a, it's it's uh, it's going to be interesting, and you're already seeing it. I got the New York Times newsletter today, and the title of the newsletter was "Violence in the NFL." So you're going to see a renewed, yeah, push around I, this. I, like it or not, it's absolutely going. And I know, yeah, it's not it's it's not concussion protocol like seems to be most of the you know, but the brain damage issue. This if this was cardiac arrest like they're talking about but still it's a violent game 
Booger McFarlane was talking. You sure. saw they have like as they were cutting away and they were going back to ESPN. Booger McFarlane, which is you know one of the 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 analysts now, he basically said the football is a violent game, and you know all we can do is is pray and think about Demar's <clears throat> health right now. But but the thing is, I mean, I I I abs hundred percent by the way, and we don't need to spend the show getting into a uh, a discussion on the the ethics of, of, of NFL level football or football in general. But as I understand it also from listening to some of the doctors that were talking, this, this thing that happened is one exceedingly rare. Um, and two typically happens more to baseball players, uh, who get hit in the chest with a baseball. Uh, because what it is, is apparently it's a, it's a thumping blunt force trauma to the chest that, throws off the rhythm of the heart and then the heart goes into fibrillation and then stops providing blood to the brain. That's as I understand it from one of the doctors who was again, I, you know, hypothesizing and uh, it's all conjecture at this point. We don't really know what happened, but that can happen in really any sport where there's any velocity of any hard object at all. And that to me says, this is a horribly tragic uh, incident, but not necessarily in this particular case the fault of football. Per, you know, in particular, there's a whole other discussion to have about concussions and, and about that's head injuries issue. and about yes, you know, that's a it's a sep. But the, to me, those are separate things that that need to be discussed. It would it, the conversation would happen if it was any sport. If it was ba- like, for example, okay. if it was baseball, they'd say, okay, we got to do something. To, it's going to happen, but. Spe- Particularly, uh, NFL always gets the brunt of this, and they should because it is the most violent yeah. sport out there. So we of need to always is. take a, yeah. a look at it. So, and and by yeah. the way, for those people who asked us in 2023 to talk about less football, here you go. <laughs> you <laughs> here go. you go. Starting you out have fresh. It. Yes. With yeah. A good we're, ten we're minutes. Starting 2023 talk. of ten minutes of football talk. Um, all right, should we get to uh, should we get to Probably. a show? Like our, yes. our first show of the new year because we have a bit of a humdinger for uh, for you all. Uh, here it is. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, Meta, formerly known as Facebook, and that they were actually fined four hundred and fourteen million dollars, oddly specific amount, over ad targeting practices in the EU. Uh, and then we'll talk about Apple, uh, which we talked about in our prediction show actually, and the reality headset. And apparently there's been a major leak and some new details around that uh, new VR headset from uh, the folks in Cupertino. We'll, of course, have our musky scent segment, and we'll talk a little bit about what's been going on with Twitter over the holidays. They've been doing some interesting things and apparently not paying their rent. Uh, And then we'll talk about Microsoft uh, and ChatGPT. Apparently the AI engine may end up in Bing, which is going to please exactly no one. Uh, And finally, if we have time, we can talk a little bit about the layoffs that have started to hit the tech industry. Most notably this week, uh, our friends at Salesforce announced a 10% layoff, and we'll talk a little bit about what that may mean or not mean uh, as the tech industry begins 2023 on a bit of a uh, off note, uh, as it were. Uh, I will rant a little bit about Nielsen's new measurement, and their proposal for new measurement for streaming media as well as other types of media. 
And Joe is going to rave a little bit about a content marketing uh, piece that has just emerged from uh, the, I guess you'd call them a lifestyle or weight management app, Noom. Uh, yeah, so a good a good chock-a-block show to begin the new year. Usually this is like light news. So we're coming out, been uh, a lot of coming news. out of blazing. I, my first question before we get started is, does Nielsen have you on like a board of most wanted you, you, <laughs> I don't, you've done, I think as a percentage of rants over the 10 <laughs> years of this old marketing, Nielsen's had more than anyone else. Maybe, um, yes. What's the other consulting company that you're always against? Not McKinsey. It's, oh, oh it's Forrester. No, you're, Forrester. You're, you're probably think Forrester. Yeah, Forrester. Yeah, so yeah. it's, it's probably neck and neck between yeah. Nielsen and Forrester. <laughs> Anyways, Maybe. we'll talk about that later. <laughs> It may be. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, and it's not, it's, uh, it's not a heavy rant, let's put okay. it that way. Well, it's just that's some, nice of it's you. an observations that I have. I'm sure it is. In, I'm in, sure they're in the very world nice of measurement observations. And marketing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What do we got? Let's do it. Let's start with a, a story coming to us courtesy of Ad Age, and it is about our friends at Meta. Uh, this, uh, a number of outlets are covering this, of course, covering it from Ad Age because it was one that I could find that didn't actually have a registration uh, gate in front of it. Uh, and the headline is that Meta is fined $414 million over their ad targeting practices in the EU. Facebook and Instagram uh, has three months to bring its services into line with EU law, said the regulator. The article opens up by saying Meta Platforms was hit with a 390 uh, million euro or about a 414 million dollar fine in the European Union's main privacy uh, over the way users' data is used for personalized ads on its Facebook and Instagram units. Meta has three months to ensure the processing of such information complies with EU rules, the Irish Data Protection Commission said in a statement on Wednesday. The regulator slapped Facebook with a 210 uh, euro fine and Instagram with a 180 million euro fine after it concluded that Meta's terms of service requiring users to accept personalized ads when signing up to the social media services violated EU rules. Yeah, I could not be more clear about uh, that. That's not that's not kosher. Uh, the Irish watchdog found that Meta is not entitled to rely on the contract legal basis in connection with the delivery of behavioral advertising on Facebook and Instagram, and that its processing of customer data also breaches the EU's General Data Protection Regulation, or GDPR. The article goes on to talk a little bit more about the details there, but not a lot more. Um, any any thoughts on this? Uh, uh, what you think this may portend for Meta coming here in the U.S.? Well, I do or have a, yeah, this... a quick take. First, just on Meta, do you think that Meta will change its name back to Facebook or something else now that Zuckerberg no. has pulled back from his Metaverse philosophy a little bit? You think they're just they're Meta I, now? No. Yeah, they're mad. They're not now. going back. He's not going to. They're 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 not going to change that. Yeah, he's not going to change that. And I don't. He's pulling back publicly. I don't know that he's going to pull back privately. I mean, I, I mean, they they'll spend less money, but I don't think they're going. Okay, I, I didn't know. Yeah, I, I did abandoning the whole idea of the metaverse. I think he's trying to change the narrative. They are trying to change the narrative for many reasons, which we could talk about, but. But the 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 idea is 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 not going anywhere. Yeah. Well, maybe when they come out and launch the next time, when they're you know they've learned a lesson, they shouldn't launch with such horrible art 
Remember when they launched and they said they were going in the metaverse and they had Zuckerberg and the in the one section and then they have like the the what is it the Eiffel Tower next to them and you're like oh my god this is the the worst art to launch anything okay I'm but that's beside the point. Um, well, yeah. Don't don't you think you know Facebook Facebook not known for its design yeah, prowess. So. Let's put it that I guess way. So. Yeah. Don't you think that this the you know this I guess slap on the wrist of Facebook, um, what they're doing against GDPR regulations or whatever is just going to be an ongoing occurrence with companies like Meta, like yes. Apple. This is just, it's basically going yeah. to be an ongoing tax because that's well, right. First of all, did, did the Irish data protection commission really read Meta's terms and conditions? Because they're the first, nobody's ever read them. So that I think that's that's, that's where <laughs> well that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Well, so many people. By the way, the way this works is, and I don't know if this is actually what happened, but the way that this works with the GDPR is that you, as a consumer or a citizen, can and should file. There's a whole mechanism for filing complaints against companies, which is theoretically how they choose who to go after. Now, Facebook, the, the reason that they're going after Meta is you know, wholly obvious to anybody looking because, but this is, we may have even talked about this on the show. You know, the one thing that I, you have an observation of is when really rich people will park in illegal parking spaces because the fine for parking in, a, you know, might be 50 bucks or 100 bucks, which to a normal person is, I'm a deterrent from ever parking in that par- sure. parking spot because I don't want a hundred dollar or two hundred dollar fine to to you know uh, you know get my car uh, unticketed. But for a really rich person, that's the price of parking. And so I think this is the price of parking for being in the EU for for Meta. Right? They look at it and go, you know, one hundred and eighty million euro or two hundred and ten million euros for each of those platforms to your point is a not even really a slap on the wrist it's 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 hardly anything at all and they may just chalk this up to being a this is business this is what business is in the EU now is that every so often we're going to get a fine from this in targeting ads now over the long haul that's not going to be good it, it, because at some point you've got to figure that the EU is going to up the ante on that and and start charging like things that matter, like with a B. But until like they with do, a billion dollars. This is, yeah, right. I mean, it, it, until they do, the. But the other thing is, is that if they do it for Meta, they have to do it for others too. They have to do it for Google. They have to do it for Amazon. They well, have that's to do why it I for, think this is just oh. the first. I think they're going to go right. down the line and keep. And I don't know. I think it's it's a good amount of money. Especially with as much as Facebook Meta's had to pull back recently, I mean, five hundred million dollars, almost five hundred, is not chump change. Um, and they're, I, I think, they're going to absolutely fight this, so they're going to wait until the very last moment to to try to pay any of this thing. But I, I guess, my right. question is, if you are going to send uh, behavioral targeted ads, uh, or and and to your user base. Facebook, then you are in violation of GDPR, according to what I'm looking at here, for the most part. 
right? Yeah, well, of course, that's been the way it's been since 2018 when GDPR came in. You cannot require as a as a prerequisite of joining a service the use you in other words, you can't default to something saying I'm going to use your data, data to, to target content to you without your as a as a prerequisite of joining the service that and is that's what that and that's why they're getting fined black that and white right in there. the gdpr yes, exactly right it's 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 as black and white as it gets you have to ask permission you have to at, give people the ability to use the service without uh acquiring and or using their their data you have to give them the ability to to opt in now what you can do and which is, I'm sure, what Facebook has done. And if they were to fight this, what, what the way that they would fight it is to say the service isn't usable without this. You know, the service isn't the service without this. Because what you can say are things like, for example, and this is how they handle e-commerce or things where knowing something about you is absolutely critical to know like an interactive game or something like that i've got to know things about you in order to be able to deliver the service so i have to ask this so that's part of the terms and conditions is that you will comply with giving us some data in order to actually use the service that i'm going to give you that's what they would argue is they would say well i can't provide the service of facebook without that which is you know holy bullshit right you know of course they can provide facebook without uh, targeting ads to you, but they do need to know things like, well, I have to, I have to know that you're, you know, of age, and I have to know your name, and I have to know your email address because these are all things that require are required as part of setting up an account. What the GDPR and the EU is saying here is, in addition to that, in addition to the fact that you don't need all this information, that what you're doing is you're actually using it to target ads. You're also doing it in a way that goes afoul of the way you're supposed to process it which I didn't get into the details there, but there's, they're obviously not processing this information or providing consumers a way to get it or have access to it in a way that the GDPR approves of. So it's, there's, there's a lot going on here, yep. but that would be the way that I would see Facebook trying to... And they, they, I don't think they will fight this. They, I mean, they'll probably put up some, uh, some modest objection to this, but... They want this to go away as fast as possible, I have to imagine, from a PR perspective. It's like, yeah, sure. just just move on. Well, yeah. congratulations to Meta for now if you take the $725 million they had to pay over Cambridge Analytica, and now you add in this $400 plus million, you know, they, they have the the fines of the GP, GDP of a small country now. <laughs> so good yeah, for That's right. Good for that. Well, They're just it's, racking up the It's good penalties. revenue for the... Where I want to know is where where is this revenue going? Like where is the fine going? Like where does what does it go into schools? Does it go where where does the EU apply this wonderful cash cow that they now have, which is called taxing uh, Facebook and some of the other ones? Where does that money go? That would be a interesting. I think it goes well. It's I, uh, it's question. the Irish Data Protection Commission, so I think it's maybe the the Guinness Visitor Center. Is there just, it is. I think that's I'm exactly. really looking forward to getting to Dublin and going. <laughs> It's got to be amazing, right? Free Guinness for everybody. It's yeah. like we put like so it. much in, $200 million into the new visitor center. It's got, I mean, come on. I'm really excited about yeah. going to Ireland now. And by the way, this is, we'll see what happens here in the U.S., but theoretically, this is coming to the U.S. as well. Well, you know, the, the I have to think that those that are sponsoring the bill that is currently floundering, 
flopping around somewhere on somebody's desk in the the U.S. Congress as they try and figure out a Speaker of the House. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that whole mess, that whole mess. But as they as they do that, there is a bill very similar to the GDPR floating around the U.S. Congress as well, and we'll we'll see what but happens what's there. Because what's interesting though, the, the EU is. Uh, very proactive when it comes to GDPR and and Facebook and these other properties, but they're taking a, they're sort of wait and see when it comes to TikTok right now. I think they're they're trying to wait and see what the United States is going to do. I just think that's oh, of course. odd. They're generally right. the ones that are pushing the envelope, but not with TikTok. They are definitely playing in the middle of the road and wondering what China's doing versus United States. I just well, think they that's don't. Yeah, that's well. Yeah. that's it. They don't want to be the bad guy, right? They don't want to be the bad guy when it comes to China. I mean, they got their own problems right now with with Russia and all that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> all this turned into a foreign policy show. But yeah, that they've got their own problems with Putin. They don't. They don't need more problems with uh, with with Beijing. Oh my God! You know, so I'm sure that's you're right. Everyone that I talk, not everyone. I always exaggerate, but a lot of people that I talked to when we were over in Brussels, they were talking about the energy energy crisis. Like oh, this yeah. was an actual, yeah. and of course it is because they're paying significantly higher energy prices because everything that's going on with Russia and Ukraine. So it is absolutely a thing. Yep. So. It's a, it's a game of chicken. Who's going to, oh, who's going to blink first is for sure. Crazy. Yeah. All right. All right. Moving on to our next story here that we'll quickly cover is our friends at Apple and their new reality headset. This story coming to us courtesy of Digital Trends. A new report reveals several interesting details about Apple's new AR VR headset, which is expected to arrive this year, 2023. Apple remains silent on this product, but there have been enough patents filed as well as leaks to provide confirmation that the iPhone maker has done intensive research into the first of several AR wearables. The latest news comes from the information, uh, which I would have linked to for the show notes, but the, again, behind a data. Yeah, we uh, we have to stop. Can't get. But to just it. everyone should know we're going to try to link to things that are open access right. and not gated, that paid for yes. because it's just you know you got to have subscriptions to everything right now. It's just it's gone over the, it's gone over the other side too much in my opinion. It has. Yep, it has definitely jumped so, the shark. There Although there is well, yeah, there are hacks around that. But uh, anyway. The latest news comes from the information which has provided some of the most detailed data of any leaker so far. The headset was already expected to be incredibly lightweight, which could be due to the battery being worn around the waist, uh, as explained to the report. Like a fanny Very pack? Funny. Is this like a, a fanny, fanny pack? So right? basically you have a battery that fanny the, pack. The Apple fanny pack. Oh, that sounds yeah. like Apple. Apple's VR solution is set to feature a hot swap design for the battery that would make the reported one to two hour battery life less annoying. One to two hours. Can you imagine that? Oh, that boy. sounds like an iPhone. Uh, being an Apple product, the list of materials, aluminum, carbon fiber, glass, isn't surprising. The field of view is rumored to be 120 degrees, which would surpass most VR headsets. And a very high resolution display with thin optics is expected. Speakers may also be built into the headband, but apparently an H2 chip might be included to provide ultra-low latency connection to Apple's AirPods Pro 2. Uh, and they have, it goes on to talk about some of the more tech specs and, and those kinds of things. Any thoughts on this, uh, how this might revive talk of the metaverse and all sorts of things? And so I, well, if Apple launches First things? of all, I think it's funny about the leaking. This was purposeful. Mm-hmm. They're trying to get some – they're okay. trying to figure out yeah. what the market is yes. going to say with all this, so don't. Now, I have to tell you 
there's in this uh, digital trends piece that we're talking about, there's an AR VR headset rendering. I'm very surprised that it looks like we're, we're going snowboarding. Like I didn't, that's right. I, that's the thing that's killing me. It's like, okay, so you're telling me that or, Google or skateboarding. Yeah, really? Exactly. So Google glass didn't work cause it looked too weird or too geeky, but now we're going to go to Apple's thing, which basically I, you know, I've got to be Sean white. Like, what's the deal, man? Well, you know what it what's what's amazing to me is that the the image here that's in this story, and at the bottom, of course, it says you know a rendering by an artist, right? You know, and they name the artist that that did the rendering, and the artist, the poor artist who's given the assignment for this. Can you imagine? It's like we need you to come up with what you think the Apple headset's going to look like, and it's funny because the artist has clearly put in some of the. The details of Apple, you know, like, like they use the Apple Blue that's in their uh, iPad. They've used some of the the same hardware fixtures that are in the headset, and you know, it it it's someone very much trying to make an Apple product, <laughs> which is very funny. Uh, but yeah, it looks exactly like a snowboarder's face mask. I, this it's it looks like um. So when I when I chop onions. Because I have sensitive eyes, Robert. When I, I I wear big goggles, so like it, that's this is exactly what this reminds me of. <laughs> that's exactly. <laughs> so, anyways, I I don't know what to make of this, honestly, uh, because I'm not, I can't get past the design. I can't feel that people are going to actually leverage this. There's no, there's my expectation. No one's wearing a fanny pack. I'll tell you that. So I, that, yeah, that's, this that's, this just does yeah. not make sense. And the one to two, you lost me at one to two hours of battery life. Like what? Why? Right. Why is it so? Okay, serious question. You're an Apple person. You're an Apple through and through. You've always been an Apple person. Why does every other phone on the face of the earth have a better a- uh, battery than Apple? Like why? What is the problem in their battery life? Well, it's the it's the processing power for sure. You know the 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 level and amount of processing power. It's why you know when you look at the when you look at the the Oculus, for example, it's huge, right? It's a it's a it, it, and it's a weight on your head. I don't know if you have put one on your I've head never, before, but they're never put one on my head. They're heavy. They're it's it's not a comfortable thing. And so, if this is even remotely close, this image, it would be light years uh, thinner and lighter than uh, than the Oculus. And so, the, and if it has more processing power, then you know, like many of the the Macs have, the iPad, the other things, you know, the battery life is not going to be is not going to be is not going to be great. That's the that's just the way that it the the power consumption goes. But what do you think? One about to two, two hours to the, the two to three thousand dollar price is this again? I mean, it fits with Apple's luxury brand. Of course, this is where it's going to start. As I predicted you in did. the prediction, you were show, right this is, on this one. It's going start. to be for the few. Yeah, yeah, it's going to absolutely be for the few because they'll want to show how luxurious an item it is before they start introducing the SE model and and those sorts of things that are that are you know that have the low. What you'll get with the luxury model is, I'm sure it'll be better than one or two hours of battery life. But then when you get to the lower end models, it might be either bulkier. Or it might be, you know, that, uh, you know, or or have the fanny pack to get. If they have a fanny pack, I don't understand why they would have one or two hours of battery life. Because if you've got a fanny pack, you might as well make it a fanny pack and have 
a good amount of bat, except it's going to get high. It might be a low back sort of heat pad, right? Because well, yeah, well, if you're going to go that, lower, if you're going to go that direction, let's combine just, it. Let's just right? hook get some massage going. Let's just yeah. hook ourselves right into the grid. I mean, let's just there we let's go. Just st- I mean, I'm going to plug Matrix myself style. into a wall outlet, and that's how we're going. There it to do is. It. That's good. That's going to be right. great. I, I, but here's what'll probably happen: some like amazing influencers, like the Kardashians or something, are going to start walking around your neighborhood with these ugly looking headsets on, and then they're just going to go viral, and everybody's going to be wearing these things. Their hopes, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't. I'm sure that's so. The maybe hope that, that will maybe that's the, the thing. Instead, fashion of, accessory in the fall. Well, instead of what Google did was actually try to make them look like glasses, or Snap did the same thing. There's a, let's just go the other direction and make them look as ugly as possible. And not care about how they're yeah. going to look, and then they'll be cool. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I'm reminded of the the remember the Apple movie uh, where they talked about the development of the iPod, uh, which was the and and at the very end of the movie. I mean, the the movie was ostensibly about the creation of the Mac uh, computer, but at the very end, there's a scene with Steve Jobs and his daughter on, on a parking lot, and. Steve Jobs, it's a famous quote of his where he starts talking about the iPod as his quote unquote next idea. And he says, I want to, I want people to be able to put a thousand songs in their pocket. And of course that was the sticking point then was storage space, right? How do you get storage space in such a small design, which of course seems silly now, but wasn't silly 20 years ago or whatever. Um, And so that I can imagine those kinds of conversations happening, the thousand songs in your pocket kinds of discussions that are happening at Apple right now. It's like, how do you get twenty hours of life out of a out of a headset? Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it it just the engineering behind that has just got to be crazy. Apple, you know, it, for all the negativity that I'm throwing out here with Apple, it's probably going to be a huge success. But again, this was not leaked. It was purposely no, leaked. This is no. This is yeah. This, this is, is all purposely this is shared all, with multiple absolutely. outlets to get information. Yeah. The genius of Apple PR engine at work. It's customer. Yeah, it's is. our customer research program at work. Exactly. So there you go. They're they're very good at it. They're very good at it. All right. Well, guess what time it is? It is time for our first of the year. Ready for it? It is time for our musky scent segment. All right, we got a new. We got. We found a new singer. We found a new singer for it. I so. have to tell you that um, this I is quite very, an improvement. Yeah. Even though I loved, <laughs> it was a low I loved bar. your auto tune uh, thing you had yeah. going on there. But uh, yeah. and I was actually listening to it on my free time because it's just so good. But it's Annie. Yeah, Annie Schiffman came to the table. Annie Schiffman. Annie did God it. God bless you for for sending yeah. this in and saving us. And now we have a whole Annie. Are new, you okay? Are you okay, Annie? Annie, are you okay? Are you okay, Annie? Okay, Annie. Oh, uh, is it you've been hit by? Oh yeah, that's a smooth criminal. I'm sorry. All right, <laughs> let's move on to our <laughs> wonderful musky scent segment. We've got three stories to very briefly cover here because uh, honestly, it's getting a little tiresome. We'll see how long this joke. It's going lasts. to go forever. Um, it may you know, all year it may, long. The way things are going, be, yeah, we're gonna get tired yeah. of it. Um, anyway, so the, there are three stories to cover, and we can talk about any one of the three here uh, based on 
your thinking, Joe. The first is the Twitter, of course, is being sued by their landlord for not paying rent. Shock of all shocks. The wonderful big office that I have actually seen and been inside. Uh, it is beautiful, by the way, that building and the inside offices. Uh, they're being sued by that landlord for not paying rent, that courtesy of CNN, uh, but a number of places are talking about it. The other thing is, and this just came out this week, this is kind of breaking news, really, is that Twitter has decided to now lift the ban that they put in 2019 on uh, political advertising. So they will now start to allow political advertising again. And the last, but certainly not least, and the one that's actually probably the least covered but the most interesting to me is that one of the last remaining executives who was the head of uh, product and engineering, uh, which is theoretically the group that Elon is providing the most guidance over, has left, has left the company. Uh, And that story uh, coming from Business Insider basically said, he tweeted out, interestingly enough, that it has been an absolute honor working with so many amazing people in the last five and a half years. It was wilder than he could have ever managed, uh, imagined with so many stories and unforgettable moments. He joined Twitter, uh, and uh, his, his, his name, by the way, is Raze, uh, Raze, uh, Benham Raze, sorry, Benham Raze is his name, and uh, he said he joined in 2017 to become its product engineering lead uh, and uh, in basically... You know, it, it 2017, and he's now left uh, the building. So, any thoughts on any of these stories uh, from our friend Elon? It was a little quiet. Well, yeah, he, it's, he, he uh, looks like he took the holidays to not throw out any racist comments or homophobic comments. I think comments he definitely took like some well needed time off. Yeah. And yeah, because exactly. he was spending so much time arguing with people on Twitter. I think that you, thank you, Elon, for, for, for everything that you did over the last week sure. to just make it yeah. more calm. Uh, what's interesting Absolutely. about the uh, them not paying for rent whole issue? I mean, that's that's a long-standing strategy from oligarchies. That basically, they just they want he's going to use it as a tool to bring down his lease requirements. He's going to renegotiate. I mean, it's a renegotiation tactic. Trump's done that for years and years, and it's a lot of people think it's horrible, and it is. But that's how I see that. So if Twitter stops spending their money on any of their rent, they will probably the people will come back to them and say, well, what are you going to do here? Okay, well, I want to renegotiate. They'll do that. And because that will probably work, Robert, because of the fact that commercial real estate is terrible right now. Yep. Yep. So it's going to work. It's it's a great it's a great point. It's It's a a really great. It's the same theory as when. Yeah, when when you owe the bank a thousand bucks, it's your problem. When you owe the banks ten million dollars, it's their that's problem, exactly right? And right. so it's that's it's that kind of thing with the with the rent is, it's an awful thing to do, but it's it, it works. So in this case, it's, what is, is it? Uh, the one that they're talking about, which is not the main headquarters, it's for their California Street office. They have a rent payment coming up of one hundred and thirty six thousand dollars. So that's yeah. you know, it's. <laughs> It's like, okay, I'm not going to pay it. I only want to pay 85. And somebody's going to say, okay, I need the 85 because that, that company's probably in trouble too. So whatever. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I'm sure it is. And I'm sure he knows exactly how much they need and what, they, what they're looking for. And this is, there's an interesting, there was an interesting article. I almost linked to it for the show notes. There was an interesting article that came out over the holidays that talked about, you know, what is Elon's real talent? And because they talk about the fact that, you know, his he came out of PayPal 
with a lot of, and he was an engineering guy at PayPal. So on the finance, uh, that was really his sort of specialty in the PayPal. You know, and you know, arguably PayPal not the best of engineered products, but let's put that aside for the moment. And his involvement in Tesla was not. He didn't think up Tesla. He didn't originate Tesla. He bought his way into Tesla and then kicked the CEO out. And then SpaceX has really been a government contract vehicle for forever and ever. And his involvement with the Boring Company, we can talk about how successful or not that has been. But the interesting thing is, is that Elon's talent seems to be more on, if for whatever talent he has, seems to be much more on negotiating money and finance and playing around with legal contracts and that kind of thing, rather than actually any innovation ideas. That's what the article was talking about. And I thought it was, I think it's a fascinating lens to look at Elon through because he gets chalked up as being this engineering genius that can get a rocket ship to Mars and get electric cars going and get, tunnels built under Las Vegas, but actually he's just buying his way into those things. He's not really the one innovating into those things. Well, And so I think it's just a fascinating, fascinating lens to look at him through. And, and this would be perfect in that line, right? Which is he's just playing around with money right now. He's not really, he's not really re-engineering anything. It's real, and he's, he's maybe one of the best that's ever been of, of, yeah, maybe, maybe of basically moving money around and making things happen. Which, by the way, leads to the yeah. second point about political ads, because as we have bigger elections coming up in the next eighteen months, uh, if as, oh, they're desperate for revenue, yeah. it's a really good, it's a really good honeypot of money there for them. So, good, good. For, I, I read this article as on Media Post, the one that you're citing, and it says the company took the position that quote political message reach should be earned not bought when twitter banned and this was from then ceo jack dorsey i just think that's so funny political messaging should be earned not bought where did the, where did you come up with that jack where's that ever yeah. been the case uh, yeah. but anyways i i i think because they've lost at least what this article is saying half of their advertising revenue at least uh, because of what Elon's doing and all of his moves, erratic moves and brand safety and whatever the case is, this is a really good way to get some revenue coming back in. But again, we don't know what the next product's going to be, and that's what we're waiting for. Like, what's the real reason why Elon is doing all this besides just having it be a pet project for him? And the other thing, we talked about this, I think, on our predictions episode, or maybe the one before. Did you see, I mean, uh, Tesla stock is down to like 110 bucks or less now. And it is he's really a, yeah, tanking. he's now got the distinction of the first guy to lose 200 billion dollars. I mean, <laughs> it's a and I just it's quite an achievement when you think and there's, about it. Yeah, there's no way we can prove this, but I'm under the assumption that it's not nearly that low if the Twitter deal never happened. Just oh, absolutely. This is hundred percent. This is a good. This is a good. You know, 50 billion dollar loss because of Twitter. More than Twitter's valuation, yeah. ten times. It's just crazy. It's it's unfortunate for for Elon that this happened. I'm not, I'm really sad for yeah. him that he's only the second yeah. richest person in the world now. That's right. It's re, it's really a, it's I'm really sure a tragedy it's... when you think about. Although, it. Although, yeah. do you think it, do you think that he looks at that? Do you think that he's really in angst no, for the fact that I don't he's th- lost I don't think that he really cares. Paper? Yeah, 
I don't think he really cares. I, I don't think. I mean, he he may, but I think he cares more about the appearance of it than he actually does about the whether it's 180 billion or 100 billion or 125 billion. I mean, at some at some point, I mean, I I I don't think I'll ever get to that level in my lifetime to be able to 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 know this for sure. But I have to imagine that once you get above a certain number, it literally is just a number because there's you can't spend it all. You can't really elevate your lifestyle to a meaningful level that represents that number. The difference between 175 billion and 125 billion is literally the difference between a seven and a two. It's not, it's not a meaningful number in lifestyle, right? It's not a better house. It's not a better car. It's not a bigger yacht. It's it's really whatever it's going to be. Yeah, I, I, you're. I think you're absolutely right. I, th- I read an article a couple months ago that said, "What is the the most like the, the, in the happiness indicator for the money that you have, the net worth that you have, what is the absolute best number? And then you can't, you don't get any happier. And so they they were using fifty million dollars. Like once you get to fifty I million dollars, probably right. Yeah, that you get to seventy five, a hundred, you'll never get any happier. Like fifty million dollars, everything's taken care of. You never have to worry. Your kids, your legacy, all that stuff is taken care of. And then you get add a billion, you add yep. two billion, you're not any happier. Yeah, at that point, you're just all you're doing is writing bigger checks to charity. So just, at, at, everyone keep this in mind. Yeah. Elon's no happier than anyone listening to this. Exactly, He's not any it's a happier great point. having hundred billion. It's a great point. Not. It's a great point. It's a great <laughs> point. And a great way to segue us into a very quick uh, coverage of our last story here, which is uh, Microsoft and Chat GPT. Uh, a new announcement coming, I guess it's a rumor at this point, but uh, it's reportedly launching in March. Uh, this coming courtesy of Search Engine Journal, again, uh, an article that doesn't have a gate in front of it. Uh, the article opens up by saying, uh, Microsoft's Bing search engine is set to get a boost with the integration of OpenAI's ChatGPT chatbot technology. Microsoft plans to update its Bing search engine with artificial intelligence from ChatGPT to improve search results. The new feature is expected to launch by the end of March and is intended to give Microsoft a competitive edge over Google. Uh, I can't imagine that Google doesn't already have something in the chamber on this ready to fire, but uh, we'll see. The article goes on to say, that Microsoft has already made a billion-dollar investment in OpenAI. Uh, again, another company that uh, Elon bought his way into um, a little bit. Um, and Microsoft is reportedly planning to update its Bing search engine to include AI from uh, ChatGPT to help answer queries, complete sentences, uh, and uh, others, rather than simply providing a list of links. What do you think? This, we talked a little bit about this on the prediction show. Yeah, it's interesting. I. If this is true, I like the move for the fact that Microsoft can move away from being a search engine with Bing, which I don't even know how many people use Bing. But this idea of a search assistant has legs. And a lot of people are using ChatGPT as a search assistant to take it to the next level, to help them make business decisions off of that and not just information. And if if that's what Bing becomes is part search engine, part search search assistant because of ChatGPT's help, I think that that's a positive. So they could have a little advantage there. I think it's a really interesting, I think the more interesting integration that I've started to see even in some of Microsoft's tools is into things like PowerPoint, Word, uh, some of the office where uh, 
and, and some of the coding tools for engineers where they've already started to integrate some of the AI types of applications where it will recommend alternative designs to you in PowerPoint yep, where it does, for yep. your coding, it'll, it'll help you write the code, you know, faster, better, et cetera. I think that's a, that's a really interesting. And again, it comes back to this thing that I keep talking about. I've had this conversation, I had this conversation like two or three times over the holiday with people about chat GPT, the much more interesting application to me of artificial intelligence is not in the bell curve that is the learning model of the internet, right? And writing cute poems or blog posts or titles or anything like that. It's much more interesting to me when we limit the learning model to a corpus that is very verticalized, right? So looking at the learning model of your designs in PowerPoint or your your company's designs in PowerPoint and suggesting alternative designs based on that limited brand centric view of what the design should look like or the way that the, the you know, looking at the corpus of 25,000 or 50,000 documents in your user manual library and building a chatbot that can dynamically assemble a user manual for any question you ask. That's, that's much more interesting to me than, the 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 dumbness that is the the and I mean that in the sort of more technical way the dumbness that is the internet and trying to answer questions like you know what jo, what is Joe Polizzi's favorite color that kind of yeah. thing you know, I I have been using it for titling for a while now where I'll say here's my email newsletter cool. title can I have five other suggestions and boom there they are and I'm like oh my god that was great I didn't think about that angle yeah it really is very helpful and so I've been using. For this show, you know, we've been using Dolly too as our image for every show, and that's been great. And then, because it takes me like two seconds to do it, I write in whatever I think, whatever the show is on, and it spits out four examples. And I use one of those normally, and we're done. And then now we've got, I use it for suggestions for titling, and I'm sure a lot more as we go. So there's the one with the penguin savings. with the top hat was pretty damn good. Thank you. I mean, that was, yes, that was, that I was, think, and yeah, because I always say, hey, I want to. That was the Twitter, something about Twitter. Yeah, I want a blue, awesome. I want a bluebird doing a dance with the cane, digits, comma, digital art or whatever. And boom, there it is. Right. And it almost always gets it on the first one. But then yeah. you can pick one and do an iter- a reiteration off of the one that you think is the closest to, which is nice. I love yeah, it. Me too. I absolutely love it. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for our rants and raves section, which of course is all of our wonderful uh, rants and raves. But before we get there, we have a little message for you, which is to get on over to our thisoldmarketing.site where you can, of course, check out all the show notes, everything on all the other episodes, all the other 356, nine years, 10 years of episodes that you may want to go and review. You can also leave us messages. You can leave us voicemail. You can ask questions. You can give us show ideas, all that. And by the way, in each of the week's show notes now, you can also sign up for either of our newsletters. You've got the tilt, of course. If you want to sign up for the tilt, the one wonderful newsletter from Joe Polizzi and all of that. And you've got our Experience Advisors newsletter. That's my little newsletter, uh, which is talking about content marketing, content strategy, and what's going on in the world of customer experience. And so all that stuff you can get at thisoldmarketing.site. So get on over there, won't you? Um, Also, you can hashtag us up on social media. 
Hashtag us on Twitter. I am checking Twitter, even though I'm not tweeting there anymore. Hashtag this old marketing for the show ideas. And on Mastodon, uh, hello, Igor Bielabradek. Uh, thank you very much for your hashtag on uh, Mastodon this last week. I, I can We can see that. So if you're on Mastodon, hashtag us up there as well. We can see those for show ideas, too. Having a lot of fun over on Mastodon. All right. So what do you got? What do you, you go first. Why don't you go first with you? Oh, yeah. I'll, I, will, I will give you my, my rave. But I just want to say I'm not. You'll have to let me know when to get on Mastodon because I'm not going to do it. I got too much other stuff I'm doing, so I'm not. I'm going to leave that to you. Okay. Yeah. So that's so it's you, fun. You have that. I've I've made it. I've made it. Basically, all I'm doing for 2023 is focusing on LinkedIn primarily, and then a little bit of Twitter. I see. Everything else I'm forgetting about because I'm like I'm as you know I'm all in on LinkedIn for 2023. Yeah. No. I can't but, do. Yeah. I can't be good at it. I can't be good at everything. So I'm just going to be good at try to be good at well, one. Well, it's arguable whether you're good at anything, but yeah, but that's it, true. Yeah, there we that go. is absolutely true. I'm going to focus, and I'm going to focus on one thing. Who knows whether that'll be good or not? There you go. How about that? Always, a always better. a good, always a good idea. See, so, yeah, a quick, uh, a quick rave. Um, and I know you've had some. You told me you had a little bit of experience with Noom. So Noom is the the weight loss or lifestyle app, as you would put it. And they came out on December twenty seventh with a book called the Mo- the Noom Mindset: Learn the Science, Lose the Weight. I but first of all, I have no idea whether this is a good book or not. Um, it seems to be having decent reviews as they go. My whole take on this and why I love this and why it's a rave. I believe that. Every company, every brand that stands for something should have their own book. And I think it's just a great thing to send to current customers to spread your continual mission on what you believe in, especially if you have a a content tilt that you want to focus on or you want a different kind of audience that you want to target in some way. A book is probably the best way that you can do that. And they send it, I think it looks like they send it out to some of their customers during the holiday season. So I just think that that's a really good thing to do. Uh, and if, Great you're not, if you don't have like a yeah. book on your, yeah, if you, if you don't have a book on your list, I would absolutely consider it because it's also a really good internal communications method where you have a lot of people in your organization that don't really know what you stand for. If you're looking at purpose-driven marketing, whatever the case is, and a book is a really good way to say, hey, this is what we stand for. This is what we want everyone to believe. Everyone get in line. Read this book. We're all on the same page. Um, so good good for Noom. I'd like to see more people doing this in 23. <clears throat> That's awesome. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I have my own experience with Noom, um, which was okay. Um, I was a little creeped out. You didn't love it? You well, didn't love the experience? It's, it's, speaking of you know, chatbots, it, it, it's either... Using so I don't even know if the application still does this. It's been a year since I've actually tried it. But the the way it worked was you get a quote unquote personal coach that comes back to you and says, "What's your goals?" and let's talk and let's chat and let's you know chat about what what it is you want to do and and you, and you sort of type back and chat with the with the noom uh, your noom coach and then you and either the coaches are. trained very specifically on the scripts to use or it's a chat bot and it was hard for me to tell I will be honest it was hard for me to tell because the chats are very short and you don't want and they come at really weird inopportune times like you get this like I'd be on an airplane and I'd get a chat from my Noom coach saying have you done your thing today and have you you know it's a it's It's gotta be a chat bot 
It's yeah. got to be. <clears throat> and so you, I just went, I, I just, it just creeped me out a little bit. And I was just like, nah, this is not for me. This is not for me. But uh, hopefully I've, I've heard other people say it's great. So uh, best of luck to them. And I love the content marketing angle of that. That's for sure. Well, they probably, your chatbot or whoever it was, your coach probably said, Hey Rob, how's it going? And you immediately said, "Don't call me." Rob. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, there's that. Part. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's... Just, it's so funny because you and I have had like we've been in places where you see somebody from I don't know twenty years yeah. ago, where like at one time you went by Rob and you don't. It's like pre twenty oh eight, Rob. Yeah. And they yeah, and they call you Rob, and and I'm like, you don't know this guy at all, yeah. do you? Yeah, it's funny. It's 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 act. That's actually a thing. It's a pre, it's 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 pre twenty oh eight. It's actually pre you. Anything post. You were always Robert when I met. That's right. Well, it's and that change happened when I left. When I left Crown Peak, uh, and I was Rob. Uh, And before that, I was when I was a consultant for uh, in the internet consulting world. I was I was Rob Rose. It was like Madonna. It was like one. Everybody called me Rob Rose, and so it was like, "Hi, Rob Rose. Hey, Rob Rose." And I was that. And when I went out on my own, when I left. That world, basically, which is where I knew all those people from, I, at the urging of my wife, my beautiful wife, I said, okay, I'm going to rebrand myself Robert, and I'm going to introduce myself to everyone as Robert. And that, and it worked. And so anytime anybody would come up to me, to your point, and say, oh, hey, Rob, you would know they they either didn't know me at all, right, or they knew me pre 2008 meeting you and sort of getting into CMI and all that kind of stuff. Cause that was, that was the demarcation line. Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Mine was when I was much younger, I was like 10 and it was Joey and then it became Joe. Okay. So, there right. you go. There you go. I was, yeah. So, all right. Very quick. Right, what do you got? Yeah. You got a, you got a I, quick rant I here. I do. I do as, as, as promised at the beginning of the show, it's not really a rant. It's just an observation here. So, so what we have here, and there's a number of news outlets are, are especially in the marketing space are, are covering this. Uh, we'll link to something in marketing dive, uh, which is a, a really good article. Nielsen's cross platform measurement product sets launch date. Uh, if you haven't been paying attention, basically Nielsen ratings, the television ratings that are trying desperately for relevance in 2023. Uh, and is currently by the way, uh, delisted as a op- as a solution for TV ratings uh, has been trying to innovate in this space and they said in an anticipated cross-platform measurement will be hitting the market January 11th which as we do this will be next week uh, Nielsen One Ads, as the product is called, promises a consistent and deduplicated view of advertising across linear TV, connected TV, desktop, and mobile. It aims to provide measurement of linear TV audiences second by second versus the industry's minute level standards for a more comparable reference point to digital. Initially available in the U.S., the offering represents an ambitious bid by Nielsen to evolve its measurement capabilities for the streaming era and arrives as the firm's traditional rating systems come under fire. Uh, the dive then provides a bit of insight and starts to talk a little bit about you know what's going on there. My own sort of observation on this is best of luck with this. I think it's going to be fraught for uh, challenges. I think the, as soon as this comes out, it will be not... It, there's going to be so many problems with this with regards to data acquisition of the, the, the first party data that's going to have to be uh, acquired to be able to do this cross uh, device channeling 
I think it's going to work great in the lab, and I think this is going to be not uh, terribly accurate or productive when it comes to to th- this version of it anyway. I just don't have a lot of hopes for it. And so when we start talking about measurement, it gets to the same problem that we've got with Google Analytics, that we have with any analytics measuring across devices, across locations, across platforms, across content types. It's just really difficult. And so the whether or not it gets to be an industry standard or not is not the point because I think it might actually. I think they might actually come back and say that this is good enough to become an industry standard. But to say that it's going to be any better than what we had before is is my my only observation and commentary is we're nothing's going to change here in terms of our agreement on imperfection of measurement uh, across all of these things is still going to remain as high as it ever was. And we will continue to argue about what a view is, what a visit is, what a download is, what all those things are. And this is not going to change any of that. So as long as we go into it eyes wide open, uh, then I think, uh, I think this will be an interesting thing to, to watch. You know, it just made me think of this. First of all, anything that's run by Nielsen, you're negative against. So let's just put that out there that you have a bias against. I do. Absolutely. And it's probably correct, but I'm just saying that everyone needs to know that you and Nielsen have never gotten along. (laughs) Second, I, speaking of just measuring stuff, you may not have noticed, but Twitter now, if you look at a tweet, it will tell you how many impressions it's gotten and that never publicly showed that before. That's really starting to take off. That's one of the, like, I thought, oh, that's bad decision. People really like to see that now. Yeah. It seems to be because of that too, the tweets are lasting longer. They're like, they're show, like I'll, I'll do a tweet that won't get anything for the first 12 hours, and then I'll look at it you know two days later, and it'll have like 5,000 or 10,000 impressions. I'm like, oh, wow. I didn't really. So it's interesting that they're fiddling with that algorithm a little bit to try to show. And, and a lot of people are well, loving it. funny. That I don't they see feel like, that. Oh. I, don't, I mean, I'm, I'm not surprised given the fact that I haven't been tweeting at all. But uh, yeah, oh, I, I see it. I see it. I see it. says there's see it? There, yeah, now, on there's the far views. left of a tweet. Yeah, yeah. There's, now they have yeah. views now. You're right. I had not noticed that. It so shows you how often really, I've been on Twitter yeah. these days. But yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it's, so it's super interesting. If anybody hasn't seen that, it's just go to your own Twitter page and you can see. That's fascinating. And it will show you, show you views. Yeah. And it's really, people are really getting into it. Yeah. So anyways. Anyway. All right. What do you got this week? What do you, you're, you're, you're headed out. You're, you're headed out of town. Yeah, we, we got family vacation. Um, and, and Because really the holidays this, weren't enough for you. You need another family right. vacation. That's right. It was not enough. Uh, I have the first six months of 2023, I have lots of little vacations planned. So uh, <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there now. That's one of my goals for 23 was to travel a lot more uh, on a personal level. And we are definitely going to do that. So it starts Next week, we're going to travel. I'll fill everybody in on what we're doing afterwards. We don't like to tell people where we're going because we might still be at home. I see. So don't, you know, you never know. Might be a home you vacation. Never, but anyways. No. Home <laughs> What do you got going on? Uh, I got work. We are blessed to have a lot of work coming into 2023. Hey. So, yeah, good client stuff. Um, some really interesting new projects uh, with some awesome new clients and uh, yeah, and just hitting the ground running here in, in 2023, finishing the book. Uh, my book uh, is off with the editors now. 
um, and all but one chapter. I'm still waiting on that one. It's sort of a conclusion, what the future will bring. I'm trying to wait to the last minute to write that. Uh, and um, yeah, and then I have to record this audio but for this, I don't know, some guy's book that asked me to record an audio chapter and I don't know, some some chucklehead that I have to record that hey, for. Hey, that's very ex- hey, that's very exciting. Epic Content Marketing 2nd Edition comes out March 7th, yeah. but we have a whole chapter dedicated to the business case for content marketing by Robert Rose. Yeah, it's fun. And you it's totally fun. a fantastic chapter. And the and you're going to be able to read it for the audiobook. I am. Which is am, even better. I'm going to do that this weekend. Nobody wants me to read your chapter. So Yeah, well, there, there you go. go. It's, uh, yeah. there, there you have it. Well, that yeah. is it. Uh, and we will see you next week with a special episode. Ooh, we'll tease that up a little Ooh. bit. A special episode next week uh, of This Old Marketing. And until we see you, remember, everybody, it is your story to tell. Tell it well. See you next week on This Old Marketing.